think <laughs> this weekend you can just take the more music app. You can just press play on whatever genre you want to listen to, whatever podcast you want to listen to. And just enjoy family time. And that's what we're doing. We're enjoying family time. Yeah, I'm here are. with my dad. <laughs> And you got up early to teach us all about a bunch of things happening this month on the biblical calendar. That's right. It's the feasts of the Lord, and he loves to feast, and uh, I certainly love to feast. And uh, (laughs) this particular feast, Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Teruah, or Teruch, is uh, one that has to do with trumpets or the blast of your worship, your praise, your shout, your declaration. Has to brings in war. There's a lot of things that comes with it. But one of the things that I think is really cool that it brings in is the birth of Jesus, our Yeshua, our Messiah, the Christ. And you might say, now, how can you really know that? So I've kind of laid the stage at this point. So let me give you... Uh, another couple of ways that can pinpoint uh, how we know when he was born or when we believe he was born. We're told the details of the birth of Jesus in three places in the New Testament. The Gospels of Matthew, the Gospels of Luke, and in chapter 12 of Revelation. Uh, The version of Revelation showed us a picture of the night sky that revealed the precise date and hour of the birth of Jesus. Now, you, the wonderful thing is if you ever study the stars, and I have spent a lot of time doing that, it's, it's pretty consistent. It happens all at the same time. It's this big circle of stars that comes over. And so you can watch it and predict it at the exact same time and where the sun is, where the moon is, where this particular constellation is. It's just as predictable as can be. So together with the gospel accounts and the Old Testament prophecies, we can easily pinpoint the, the facts of the matter. Uh, here's the Apostle John's account in Revelation. Now a great sign was seen in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, under her feet the moon, on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant, about to give birth. She screamed in the agony of labor. Another (laughs) sign was seen in heaven, something getting ready for her. Uh, Another sign was seen in heaven. There was a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head were seven royal crowns. And its tail swept a third of the stars out of heaven, threw them down to the earth. It stood in front of the woman about to give birth so it might devour the child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, the one who will rule all the nations with a staff of iron. But her child was snatched up to God in his throne, and she fled into the desert where she has a place prepared by God so that she can be taken care of for 1,260 days. All right, so... We know the great sign in heaven was speaking about Jesus being born to Mary, or uh, based on that sign, he would have to be born when Virgo, the virgin, originally called Bethula, the virgin in Hebrew, was clothed with the sun. And that actually happens every September. It's when the sun is at a certain spot, right? So we know when that is. So there's at this point, there's not even a question of when it happens. We know because of where he's born and what the position's going to be. So different parts on the earth would affect the, the different placement. But we know where he's at. We know when he's going to be. So we know it's September so or October-ish in that day. So Jesus was 30 years old at the time of his baptism. Luke tied the baptism of Christ to the 15th year of Tiberius, uh, Tiberius Caesar, which was 27, 28 A.D. So then this would place the birth of Christ around 3 B.C., So we can actually use modern technology that tells us that in the years Jesus would have been likely born, so I'd just say 4 B.C. to 2 A.D., we'll just give you a big window there, the one that best matches the sign in heaven that we just talked about in Revelation 12 is 3 B.C. 
And in 3 BC, the position of the sun, as described in Revelation 12, could only have occurred August 27th through September 15th. So we've narrowed the date to the, to the month, or at least to the days now, and to the year. During the same time, the moon crossed the Virgin constellation every day and was under her feet each evening. So with the sun and moon being in such close proximity, that's another additional sign. The Revelation 12 sign is indicating a new moon, not a full moon, which occurs during most feasts, like in the middle of the month. But this is the beginning of a month. So any feast that doesn't begin the month, it couldn't be that feast. All right, so you've already pretty well narrowed it down now to Rosh Hashanah. So Jesus' birth was not possible for tabernacles or on Passover, as some propose. Both occur in the middle of lunar months when the moon is full, which would not meet the signs required in Revelation 12. The Romans also give us some clues. Jesus could not have been born during any one of the three pilgrim feasts, Passover, Unleavened Bread, Pentecost, or Tabernacles. These were times when all Jewish men in Israel were required by the law to be in Jerusalem. So the Romans would not have selected any of these primary festival seasons for a census in Israel. In order to increase compliance by the Jews, Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem, not to Jerusalem at the time of his birth. So once again, it shows you those kind of things are they're just not thought out all the way. Now, the Caesars in 3 B.C. and 2 B.C., it was a period for celebrating the glory of Rome. 2 B.C. was the 750th year of the founding of Rome. Caesar Augustus celebrated his 25th year as emperor in 2 B.C., counted for the time he was proclaimed Augustus in 27 B.C. On February 5th at 2 B.C., Augustus was awarded his most prestigious title, uh, Pater Patria, the father of the country. This award confirms the chronology of Jesus' birth because a decree went out from Augustus that the entire Roman people were required to register their oath of allegiance in a year prior to the award, which was 3 B.C. It makes sense, right? So in the year 3 B.C., the sun and moon were in the proper positions only one time, September 11th, hmm. beginning at 6.15 p.m., lasting until 7.45 p.m. So we know now the year, the month... The week, the day, and within an hour and a half of when he's born. As the new moon appeared, it signaled the beginning of a new lunar month on Tishrei 1. So according to Revelation 12 signs, just those alone, plus all the others are secondary, Jesus was born between sunset and moonset on September 11th, B.C., 3 B.C., on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Teruah. So that shout of the angels, the declaration, all of that, that first uh, Rosh Hashanah that day, was for a good reason. Interestingly, the enthronement psalms in which Jehovah reigns, which is Psalm 47, 93, and then 96 through 99, those were a part of the liturgy of the ancient synagogues on this date. Go figure. Tishrei 1, the day of trumpets was the day that many of the Israel's kings were inaugurated, including Solomon, Jeremiah, and Ezra. Rosh Hashanah was day six of creation when Adam and Eve were created. So it makes sense that Jesus, the second Adam, who was the creator, would be born then as well. It was the day God recreated the world. See, by the first day of the first month of Noah's 600 and first year, the water dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. That date that we just described is the Rosh Hashanah date, before it was Rosh Hashanah. The sign of Revelation 12:6 also has a future fulfillment. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she 
has a place prepared by God so that she would be nourished for 1,260 days. Now, you Revelation fans, the time the woman is in the wilderness, 1,260 days, that ought to be blinking lights for you. It's the reign of the Antichrist. This is a picture of Mary and Joseph's flight to Egypt and also a prophetic picture of the flight of the righteous at the midpoint of the tribulation. So it's just loaded with all kind of prophecies. So obviously Revelation 12, very significant part of anything we want. So that's the evidence I would give you for why we know Rosh Hashanah is when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Now I'm going to go back into the where and some of the details of the where next.